Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting startup founders share their stories and strategies. They also deliver tangible lessons learned along the way that you can apply to your own startup. Each episode is a true masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and I've got a special guest with me today, one that I have chased on LinkedIn for quite some time, and we finally have found a time that works in our schedule, but Mooney's Jew. Mooney, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thank you for having me here. I feel honored. So it's a, it's a pleasure. I, I've followed your content for a long time, and, and uh, we were talking offline about just her amazing abilities, linguistic abilities that, uh, you know, she can navigate in multiple languages equally well, it seems like on online. So uh, Mooney, if you and I met at a networking event, how would, how would you introduce yourself to me? Uh, yeah, first, uh, my name is Mooney Chu. So you can all call me Mooney. So um, I am the uh, co-founder and managing director of eTalk. E-talk comes from e-commerce to China, as you can probably already tell from the name. We help international companies either enter into the Chinese market via e-commerce and digital marketing or growing their existing online business. And me, myself, as you can see, I am Chinese. I look Chinese. Um, I was born and grown up in China. And uh, but uh I think 16, uh, about 16 years ago, I came to Germany. And uh, since then, I stuck in Germany happily, <laughs> enjoying the life. Now you said you came from, from Shanghai, like you had you'd set a university in, in Shanghai. That's, I mean, what Mexico City and Shanghai kind of compete for being the largest city in the world. So it, it is, uh, I've been to Shanghai actually a couple of times. And it's, it is an amazing city. I mean, just especially the kind of the corniche, you know, along the harbor there. It's, it's just a really beautiful walk, but describe kind of the, maybe the different business climate and that, you know, that you've experienced in China versus say in, in Europe. Um, yeah, it's actually quite different. Uh, you're right. Shanghai is just massive, right? So it's gigantic. I kind of, you know, if now I go back to Shanghai, well, I was born actually in Nanjing, which is a city also massively mm -hmm. big next to Shanghai. Um, but um, I spent my university time lived in Shanghai for quite a, yeah, for quite some time. So um, the difference, I don't know. Um, I mean, there are so many differences um, between, you know, having the business or living in Shanghai um, as living in Europe or living in Germany. I, um, at the beginning, I didn't feel the culture shock, you know, mm -hmm. so I felt like everything was very interesting as I came to Germany. Uh, the only shock was the size of the city, right? So the, I remember the first time I arrived in Germany, which was a really small city. And uh, somebody showed me that, look, that was the uh, city center. And I was really shocked because I asked her, okay, do you mean that five stores there? <laughs> you know, because I came from Shanghai, it was like, I can't imagine this could be a city center. But um, with the time, I do feel a lot of differences, but I think that I uh, kind of integrated myself well and adapted both values, which I consider as important for me. 
It's interesting. I mean, China is one of those places that has, I think that has more than a hundred cities with a million or more population. So even, you know, a city of a million in China may be considered almost like a small city or a, a large town, you know, so to speak. Exactly. But yeah, the, the difference is, is pretty stark. But it's interesting when you when you look at, at the business landscape, I mean, China, the economy and the manufacturing and just especially related to e-commerce is so integrated into their business culture. How, how did you kind of arrive at at this, you know, the, what was the journey that led you to starting eTalk? Well, um, yeah, that's actually a quite interesting story. So um, before I mentioned this, my backstory, let's say I have to um, actually mention my uh, business partner. So how we get to know each other and how we decided to build eTalk together. So actually, um, my business partner, his name is uh, Tong Hao. So I met Hao during my time in the corporate at the company, which is called Chibo. So um, I was uh, responsible for the Chibo China market entry. And Hao at that time was working at Alibaba's Tmall division. Mm -hmm. And he was assisting us with Chibo's China market entry. Then just one day, you know, over a casual lunch uh, in Shanghai. So what could we possibly talk about? <laughs> I just uh, said to him, hey, you know what? I think we can help a lot of companies uh, succeed in China with our complementary background and experiences. And he said, okay, let's do it. And that was really that simple, actually. <laughs> and just like that. So we started building eTalk together and we, I think I never had a moment of doubt, you know, it, it, it happened so quickly and naturally, because I think we both felt that um, the stars have aligned mm. and it's just the right thing to do at the right time. So, but before, before that, you know, I was working um, at uh, corporate world in three awesome international companies for almost 10 years. Uh -huh. So um, I learned a lot there as well. It's just, um, it's a totally different feeling building up your own company, you know, starting from scratch and we didn't even have any funding, zero funding, right? And then building everything little by little, it's just uh, satisfying. Long satisfying. journey. Long drive. So I'm interested. The did you did you quit your corporate job immediately and just go all in, or did did you kind of try to do both for a while until maybe say eTalk started generating some revenue, and then you can kind of step out of your corporate space? Actually, I uh, all in. <laughs> I, yeah, I think if you you know you're convinced by this idea, you know uh, you just. You shouldn't be all in. I don't know. A lot of people are saying, okay, you don't have to quit your job and you can start with your, 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 your entrepreneurial idea as a side hustle. I just, I don't know if maybe I cannot, I don't have that much energy. I really have to. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything that I have, all my friends on this one focus, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I'm glad that I did that because um, there's only one way to go and I really have to succeed in this endeavor that I have, you know, initiated for myself. And this kind of 
pressure was a good pressure, you know, mm-hmm. positive pressure, you know, drives me forward. So I, I have a theory that, that entrepreneurs have to have two crucial elements to succeed. Number one, they have to have the, the reward of success. Like they, they, if, they, if they succeed in there, there has to be a reward. There has to be a, a carrot at the end of the, of the journey. There has to be something that is an incentive, a financial incentive. But the second thing I think they have to have is the fear of failure. You know, this, how do you balance the fear of failure and the reward of success? And, and when you were saying, I, I was all in, I, I quit my corporate job and I was all in. I mean, the expression came to mind, you know, have you heard the expression, they burned the boats, you know, they, so you, you know, the, the, the Vikings would invade, speaking of Denmark, we talked about earlier, so the Vikings invade, they, they land, they burn the boats, so there's no retreat, you know, it's, they are, they are in, they are completely in, and um, I also thought about when you said that, you know, sometimes if you do too many things, you don't do anything well. So if you, if you're divided, you know, between say your day job and your, and your side gig type thing, are you doing either of them really well into the max of your abilities? You know, does that, is that kind of was, were, were some of that kind of the drivers behind your decision? Um, yes, I actually quite, uh, I think that this uh, theory that you just uh, were talking about was very interesting. Um, afraid of failures and, you know, you don't have a way back anymore. And also, you know, this reward thing, mm-hmm. that's actually quite interesting topic for me. I mean, yes, of course, everybody is afraid to fail, right? That's for sure. But I actually, you know, I, I didn't think that much uh, at that time. And yeah. I, I felt that I don't have that much to lose. So if I fail, you know, I tried, but mm-hmm. I was very convinced by the idea I, well, even though that this idea doesn't turn out to be successful, I can always go back to the corporate world and start working again. It will be more difficult, right? But at least I won't regret. So I think mm-hmm. that um, you ask about the drivers, you know, the, um, my family is quite entrepreneurial as well. I guess that I have this in my blood, but I didn't want to just being start being an entrepreneur with any idea. I really have to have one idea that I'm 100% convinced, Mm. you know? So, and then when this idea came, I, yeah, took the opportunity and made it happen right away. All in, all in, burn the boats, we're we're all in. Now it's interesting you mentioned, because I think that is a factor as well. You mentioned, you know, hey, what, what did I really have to lose? I mean, I, I could have, you know, if it, if it didn't work, I can always go back kind of into the corporate side of things. And I think that is also, you know, what's the downside risk, you know, of the, of the decision. But um, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, it, it takes a special type of individual to be able to just go all in. And I think it also depends on, you know, what's your current family status and what's your debt, debt status, you know, and that type of thing, what's your financial you know, status that you're looking at. But if, if just, I want to shift a little bit here and really drill down kind of on e-talk a little bit. And so you and I are, are jumping on a lift. We're going to go up 10 floors and in that, in that 30 seconds or whatever, you know, give me your best elevator pitch of e-talk. 
Okay, so first of all, I think um, we have an amazing team as eTalk. And just as I uh, mentioned, I really always make it a point to mention my business partner because I really appreciate this partnership. And I always feel very grateful to found to have found this business partner because I heard so many stories of team, they don't work together mm. and then they fight against each other. And then the very excellent ideas at the end, they fail, right? right. So it's truly unfortunate. And this is actually the core of our success, let's say, because we trust each other, we appreciate each other, we work seamlessly uh, with each other together, right? So actually, we, um, we're living in different countries, right? Mm -hmm. I live in Germany, and my business partner live in Shanghai. In China, we have two teams. So we each lead a team over 10,000 kilometers apart. Wow. But, you know, our trust is just growing every day, even deeper. And I think that's the foundation of every successful company. And I'm really lucky to, to be able to have it shared with my business partner. And I think, um, yeah, this makes our company uh, with a long-term perspective, growing perspective, mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, being a uh, or building a company is not an easy task, right? So when I decided to become an entrepreneur, I know that I was in for a rough ride. I know that I have to focus all my strengths on one target, you know, without knowing will I succeed or survive? Well, of course, I said, okay, I can always go back to corporate. It's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be difficult. Anyways, I, what I've built before, probably I cannot carry on to, you know, build a better career in a corporate world. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. one of the possibilities yeah. that make you uh, scared of, you know, uh, your failures. But um, I, let's say, I feel like, you know, I found my true calling as uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, I'm passionate about this. I never felt so alive, actually. I enjoy it every day. I have a lot of moments I, you know, I got beaten down by the day and I felt like every day is a roller coaster, uh -huh. but I really love what I do. And I think this is very important uh, to lead the company as well. And our team, you know, I just mentioned, we're based in Europe and uh, in China. We're coming from both cultures and we know, you know, how uh, our clients work and how the Chinese work. And this is actually one of the best feedback we have heard from our clients that we are closer to them. But at the same time, we know, you know, the business has to be taken care of in China by our China team. Mm, and it sure. worked just perfectly. For so sure. this is actually, you know, one of our unique selling points. And um, over the past four years, our turnover has doubled every year. So until now, we've helped already over 100 international companies to be successful in China. And uh, they're from small companies to large international corporations. So I'm actually quite proud of that. I, and you should be. I mean, that, that's amazing in a, in a relatively short period of time. I mean, how many companies you've actually worked with. And I, it looks like to me from just somebody observing, you know, your especially primarily in LinkedIn, 
um, your content that you provide that you produce and and you know you share on that on that platform. But are you moving to a to a point that that a lot of your work is now inbound versus outbound marketing? Like you know people contacting you saying, "Hey, we need your service." You know, let's talk about that. You know, have you seen kind of have you gotten over that hump a little bit? You know, you're not having to to reach out quite as aggressively as you did early. Exactly. Actually, this is what I always encouraging people to do, right? Put yourself out there, create awesome content, you know, to introduce yourself, promote yourself on LinkedIn. That's what I did. Um, I have been creating content just for, I think, like eight months or nine months. I started uh, creating uh, content regularly in October, end of October last year. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it's been working wonders. So actually, um, we have had numerous, really numerous leads generated just from my LinkedIn content. Mm-hmm. People just reaching out to me and asking me, can we have a talk? We have this business. We want to expand to China. Can you help us? So many leads really good leads but also of course um there are different kind of those inquiries right you really need to take the time to filter it but i think that if you do the outbound marketing you can choose who you want to talk to Mm -hmm. which is also a very good approach we don't have to do it that much outbound marketing but i um really want to put more effort into it because now we're just you know busy enough dealing with the uh, inquiries just coming to us, you know, because of LinkedIn, because of my content. So yeah, I think um, every business person should make use of LinkedIn. It's not only a resume or just a simple platform anymore. I think over 90%, they're just silent on LinkedIn. Mm Uh, and only one person or something are just creators. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I At the beginning, I always thought that, oh, I don't know if people really want to see my content that often that I, I talk so much about China. You know, not everybody is interested in China, but it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, you talk to the people who want to read your content yep. and they're your targets. Right. You find your tribe, you know, so to speak, on, on LinkedIn through through that, that content creation. But if you if you had to uh, narrow down, who would be your ideal client? Like, what is there a certain size company? Is it a, is it in a certain industry? Um, certain number of employees? What what is kind of your what's the sweet spot, so to speak, of, of Etox client? Um, so we have really uh, very different sizes of clients, let's say. Uh, and we offer them, of course, also different solutions, which mm-hmm. matches with their status. But um, I must say that most of the clients are middle-sized companies. Mm-hmm. So they're not that big and uh, they need a lot of help about, you know, to navigate business in China. And uh, of course, if they are very committed and they see the potential in China, that would be awesome. That would be great because sometimes we really need to put a lot of effort to educate them because the whole digital landscape, how the market works, how the consumer works are totally different. 
and I'm, I think even with the supply chain issues that you've, you know, you've seen, you know, as a result of COVID and, and other, you know, political issues as well. I mean, has that affected your business at all in a negative way? Um, definitely a little bit impact, let's say. Um, we don't feel that much negative impact yet because we're growing, like I said, in the mm -hmm. past four years, every year double our turnover. Um, but um, definitely for a certain period, especially, you know, the COVID and, you know, the logistic disturbances uh, in Shanghai definitely influenced the whole e-commerce performance. Um, thank God that um, their policies uh, got, you know, eased a lot mm -hmm. recently. So I hope that it will develop in the right direction. I mean, it, it, Shanghai, I'm assuming, is the busiest port in the world, right? Yes. As far as just shipping? Yeah, exactly. So did you see the photo which was circling around uh, in, on LinkedIn that so many so many containers so are you just stopping and waiting uh, you know near the shanghai port to enter into china so that was um, shocking yeah it is it is amazing it, and uh, just the just the amount of traffic that goes through that port you know in any given day month year whatever but it's uh, do you work primarily in europe is it primarily european to china connection or is this more global uh, I'm primarily in Europe, so um, that's definitely the case. I mean, in the past, we only exist for a bit over four years, and three of them are COVID time. So <laughs> actually, um, mm. travel wasn't uh, very frequent, but um, because we are doing digital business and we have two teams, one in China and the other one in Europe. So we don't have to travel back and forth that often, which is, uh, you know, enormous advantage uh, because, you know, thanks to our right. setup. Um, also, you know, it comforts our clients as well. Mm -hmm. because they know that, okay, they can just pick up the phone and call me and I am at the same time zone as they do. I speak their language. I know how, to, how they work. So um, actually we've been profiting from this. And I, I'm assuming that not only do you have a presence in China, you probably have a network of factories, manufacturers, of distributors, you know, kind of middle middleman type type roles as well, brokers that that you get to leverage and you that are trusted partners for you guys. Exactly, exactly. I think um, what your business won't be successful if you don't have the right connections, right? So the relationship is uh, especially important in the Chinese market. And uh, we're really proud that we're local. Mm -hmm. So, but we understand actually how the Western company wants, how they work. And that's been, you know, working perfectly for our client. So what do you think the next three to five years is going to look like for eTalk? Are you just are you going to take over the world? You have world domination in your goals. <laughs> yes, we want to conquer the world. <laughs> um, I definitely, um, I, I think that there are still a lot of potential, uh, definitely in Germany, in the, in, in the German speaking countries as well. And this has been a primary market for us, for sure. But uh, we also have a lot of clients from, for example, France, UK, the Netherlands, I know Denmark, all those European countries. Um, we have some from the US, but as you can see that, um, 
the time difference. So we hope yeah. that we're actually trying to build also a office uh, in the US so that maybe in the future we can also take care of better take care, you know, of mm-hmm. the US clients as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we have big ambitions <laughs> for sure. Well, after we stop recording, we're going to talk about a joint venture between Rising Tide Startups and eTalk in, in the U.S. So <laughs> we can we can certainly help you out on this side of things. Sounds good. <laughs> now, I won't I, say I, no to more business. <laughs> that's exactly right. It sounds like to me that you've got enough coming in the front door that uh, you're, you're actually having to filter out right now this, you know, d- d- who you want to work with. But I've got, a, I've got an interesting question for you. And this is this is more of a personal question. So Let's say you wake up tomorrow, eTalk doesn't exist. You know, you've got to pay the rent. You've got to feed yourself, you know, buy all the necessities of life. So what, what do you think you would do if you were going to start again tomorrow? What would be kind of your dream restart? Um, I think there are two layers of this question, right? So if I have a chance to start over, let's say, if I would do the same, I think I... I would still do the same. I mean, I haven't achieved as much as some of the other entrepreneurs out there, but I, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. And I mean, life is a conglomeration of choices and um, these choices actually made us into who we are right mm-hmm. now. And I'm here as myself today is precisely because of the choices I've made along the way, right? Right. So, and the thing is, I actually am quite happy uh, with that. Um, I love my life, actually. Mm. I love what I do. And um, I'm genuinely happy about my decisions and happy in life. So um, I actually don't want to change that much about this. So um, this is one. But... Um, there, there is the uh, another, let's say, layer of this question saying, okay, if eTalk now doesn't exist anymore, you know, I have to start over. I have to start over to build something new. I feel that I'm not that scared, actually, because I've learned so many skills mm-hmm. to build up a business from scratch. I mean, I had an idea and I was able to executed this idea, carry out this idea, but I had to learn all the skills from scratch and those skills, you can apply them everywhere, you know, start building any business. So this kind of gives me a lot of confidence, not being afraid to start over again, Mm -hmm. if I have to. I, there is no doubt that you have executed well, there's no doubt that you've been successful and and, I, and there's a there's kind of a quiet confidence, you know, that you exude not not just in your LinkedIn confident not LinkedIn content, but also on you know and, and even in our chat right now. I mean, when I ask you questions, I mean, you know, you 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 really think through them and and want to answer well. But there's this this whole persona that just says, "Hey, if this stopped tomorrow, I'd be okay." You know, I, I could, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. We, 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 we figured out, you know, it's a, that is that is such a gift for an entrepreneur to have, you know, that uh, you say, hey, you know, we're, we're in it. We're all in. We burn the boats. But hey, if it didn't work out, we'll do something else. I, I mean, I, I've learned a lot of things and have a lot of life lessons that I can apply to 
to whatever that next thing might be. But uh, sounds like to me that you've got your hands full with eTalk for a while. So uh, I'm not trying to get you to, to shut your company down. I'm just curious about if, if, that, <laughs> if that did happen. But I, you, you talked about, you know, started this four years ago, um, you know, seen double, you know, you've doubled your revenue every year, you know, so to speak, since that, that start. But, you know, there's always lessons learned. And as a, as a founder, as a co-founder, let's talk about just one or two really key lessons that, that you've learned in those, say, those four years that you think, if, man, if I would have known those when we started, it would have made life so much easier. You know, it was just a hard lesson to learn, you know, so to speak, that you think might be helpful to other people that are a little further behind you in the journey. What are one or two lessons? Um, I would say that um, I'd be less anxious mm. uh, if, you know, um, because you're always so excited about your, your ideas, your endeavor, and you're about to start and build something completely new. And I think that also everybody's trying to succeed, right? And trying to uh, quickly succeed. And this uh, often places us under a lot of pressure. Mm. So I think maybe you just don't have to rush things. You know, I, 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 I wrote her something uh, recently because I was uh, watching the Forbes 30 under 30 list, mm -hmm. right? So I, I kind of felt a little bit ashamed or, you know, underachieved, under, yeah. I mean, I just started my business uh, after I turned 30. Mm -hmm. And those guys, they already become, I don't know, successful entrepreneurs were at uh, their 25 or beginning of 20, you know? So I felt, I think a lot of people feel this kind of pressure mm -hmm. and I definitely also kind of, I can relate a lot uh, to this kind of feeling. But um, if I look back, I was just not ready uh, during my twenties, you know, I wasn't mature enough. I had other struggle, struggles mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. and challenges I had to conquer. Like I came to Germany without knowing the language and I have to, you know, study and integrate myself, learn a new language, learn new friends and build a new life. And I made a definitely a lot of mistakes, but I learned from them. Right. That I become so the crucial. person. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very valuable experiences mm -hmm. for me, although there were a lot of detours and mistakes I've made, but I, 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 just couldn't be there or couldn't be the way where I am right now without those experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think that everybody should just follow uh, his or her own pace, you know, never let other people's timeline or pace get you down, I think. So this is definitely very important. And um I think that, um, yeah, talking about taking risks, right? So <laughs> I think uh, I, would, uh, uh, I would encourage everybody to just really try. Um, I am also a very structured person. I mm -hmm. calculate the risks thoroughly before I make a decision, right? So this sometimes kills their enthusiasm, <laughs> the passion a bit. So I always thought that, okay, I'm not 100% ready. But 
when was I <laughs> ever? <laughs> so uh, a lot of times you just have to just do it, try it, try out, you know? So I, like I really speak this from my true heart because I, I never doubted this decision of building a company from scratch, you know, being an entrepreneur, all in. Yep. Burn no way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No safety net. No, you're, you're jumping out yeah. of the plane and you don't have a parachute with you. But it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit like parenting. You know, you're never ready to be a parent. Exactly. You know, so it's one of those things. It's like, you know, it, it will force you into readiness. It will force you to grow into that role or you'll fail. And exactly. it's, it's that simple, but it's, uh, that, those are, those are really good thoughts. And I appreciate you sharing those with us. And, and I think those are certainly helpful to our listeners, but, um, as, as we're closing today, is there anything that we haven't touched on that, uh, that you'd like to just close us out with, and then just let people know, say, where the best place to find you online? Uh, yes, definitely LinkedIn, right? So you found me also on LinkedIn, yeah. so I yeah. am visible and very, active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So uh, just uh, reach out and find me on LinkedIn for sure. All right. Well, Mooney, thank you so much for just taking time today. It's been a pleasure to, uh, to connect, you know, to virtually connect online and, and just to kind of hear your story. And it will be really interested to kind of continue to follow you on, on your journey and just see the growth of eTalk over the next, you know, few years or so. But thank you again for really just sharing with the, you know from your heart today and really just teaching us even through the mentor moment and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide mooney have a great day thank you very much my pleasure another episode in the books we hope you heard some great takeaways don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes and youtube as always thanks for listening to rising tide